Welcome to A Regenerative Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers. Thank you for being here. Today, we're going to be talking to Jean-Martin Fortier, the market gardener, the quatre temps farmer, inventor. He's taken market gardening to the highest levels. He has figured out how to earn over $100,000 a year on a quarter acre, but also to take that same model up into making a 10-acre permacultural system that just pumps, pumps food out. So he's not only taken market gardening to a competitive level beyond anything anyone has, has ever seen, but he's also applied it to the farm scale, to the homestead scale, and opened up an entire new level for permaculture to emulate. And this is, an, again, another Our Future 2021 talk that I'm sharing with you here. This new year, we have over 45 speakers already confirmed with so many more coming. It's going to be seven days of free conference, free social network. You can network with people. You can have a profile. You can post your own videos. You can do so many different things. This is about empowering people, connecting people, and it's free. So click the link down below and sign up for this year's Our Future. This is from last year's. Without further ado, Jean-Martin Fortier. Good morning, Jean-Martin. It is a rare pleasure to hey. see you. <laughs> it's, it's, been uh, years. it's a great pleasure to see you, Matt. It's been a while. Yes, it has. I, I'm so honored to have you with us to share your experience and, and to showcase a pathway and with proven success. Um, mm -hmm. And <clears throat> market gardening for so many people right now um, is, is, is being seen as the way that people should get food. People are realizing the, the brokenness, the danger and the impersonal nature, lack of control, lack of under, like really knowing what's going on with our food system. They want to know their farmers. They want to know where the food's coming from and they want that regular connection. So mm -hmm. what got you into market gardening originally? It's amazing because you're starting with the exact conclusion of all of this. It's like these relationships that we're creating is exactly what makes what we do epic because, and I'll answer your question right after, but I just want to riff on that because it's so true. It's like the fact that we do a scale of farming, which allows us to meet the customers is exactly why we'll never be out of date and how we can compete with big farms and big corporations that are taking over, you know, organic farming and all, because you can't never replace this personal relationships. And the whole model behind what we do and what we've been, you know, working at it for like 20 years now, it's, it's getting to be quite a lot, is that we need 200, 300 clients. That's it. And we can make a good living. And we, you know, we get the full price for the veggies that we sell because we're not wholesaling, we're selling everything direct. And, you know, our farm is an acre and a half and we started it in 2004 and it's still an acre and a half. And, you know, my boy was, we were talking about this, about this prior, but my boy was uh, two when we started, he's 17 uh we've managed to raise our kids and live in the countryside and be part of our community and train many farmers that you know are now farming that 
came through our farm and an acre and a half. And uh, that's, that's all we needed to make it happen. And, and to answer your question, so I started farming because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. Uh, I met Maudela uh, and my wife at university. We studied ecology, environmental disaster together. And we knew that we wanted to somehow fix what is being broken and still. And uh, big magic happened. We went traveling. We went to Mexico. We went to New Mexico. And there we met a community of people that were big on farmer's market. And then we met a French-Canadian grower that was the salad king of Santa Fe. And that's, we trained with him. And that's how I, I, I just got the, uh, the idea of, of becoming a farmer. So role model was big for me. Mm. Well, that's a yeah. huge part of this event is, is showing the pathways, mm, showing the role, role models. Mm. So what, yeah, it's um, important. yeah, yeah. So what, you know, what was it like to start out? Um, how did, how did it begin for you? Well, um, you know, it really started with us just being super open. You know, mm. we were, we left, uh, you know, uh, Montreal and we went to the west coast we went to mexico first and then we went to to new mexico and just just meeting people that were living in earth ships building mm. earth ships uh seeing houses that were made out of cob and just kind of people living in the desert fully autonomous uh meeting people that were farming just just like coming from a background where I, i've never been on a farm before and you know i, I was skateboarding and snowboarding and it's just, that was my that was my teens and just like seeing people that were different, living differently, alternatively and, and having a blast. And, you know, and so I was super open to, 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 to newness, to differentness. And then when I went to Santa Fe and we were at the farmer's market, working the market with Richard, it was just amazing like the power of this community and the respect they had for farming and for farmers and just like the hype on Saturday morning is just like a complete experience different than going to the grocery store, which mm. sucks. But I didn't know that because, you know, I grew up in grocery stores and I, there weren't any farmer's market when I was a young kid and my parents didn't bring me there. And so it's just like this whole immersion into a different way of living. And I liked it. And, I, and, you know, I still do today. Wow. That's such an excellent answer. I, I, I was asking more about how you started the, like the CSA in, in your, in your, your home community. Mm -hmm. um, did, did it so we lived a in a teepee for two years. Oh, oh. We, we, we borrowed land. We called people that we didn't know. And uh, we said, you know what? We, they had a farm to table place. Uh, without a without a farm <laughs> it's kind of funny they had a little micro garden and said you know we're looking for a place to, to farm we were just coming back from from two years in the united states and uh we want to do something with hand tools and we need an acre and they're like yes they were french like we oui, we oui, uh exactly please come it's uh we, we want this uh, you want this it's fine and then we came and we lived in a teepee for two years on this piece of land. And then we set up greenhouses and then there was a farmer that was quitting. So we took his CSA. We had 30 families from the get-go, 16 weeks. Uh, and we pulled that off. We started a small farmer's market 
a Saturday, we were selling $200 worth of veggies. And for us, that was amazing. Like $200 back then for me was a lot of money. And uh, that's how we started. And then the second year, we went to 50. And then the farmer's market picked up. And then the third year, we bought the farm, which we've been farming for 15 years. So that's incredible. That was that's the, such uh, an incredible story. And then, and then we scaled. We we pretty scaled. We scaled up the first year. We went to from fifty to a hundred CSA clients. I remember the first year. I think our sales were around twenty thousand. The next year they're around forty five, and then it went to a hundred and ten. Hmm. Because after that, we 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 set it up right. We we kind of knew more what we were doing. And uh, the farm set up here at that uh, La Grelinette, which, which is the farm that's kind of uh, explained in my book, The Market Gardener, is a home run on so many levels. But the design, the, all the specs, all the way we've set it up, we, it's still the same setup 15 years later. And so we were really lucky to pull that off. Uh, but I had visited probably 40 farms before setting this one up. So I kind of... I kind of had a good intuition about how to do things. But again, my genius was with me. And uh, I got lucky on that one. Did you write the book, The Market Gardener, while you were creating that farm system? Was the research, did the research like translate into a book? And you're like, I could turn this into a book. For me, organizing my mind, I, I actually have to write out like a, an entire book anyway <laughs> yeah, to really understand sure. anything. Yeah, writing is a great way to structure your thoughts. No, I agree. Uh, no, for me, when I wrote The Market Gardener, it was my sixth year. I was, I was doing my seventh year here at the farm. And um, the uh, the motivation to do it was like, what we were doing was so radically different than what everybody else that I knew was doing. And the results that we were getting, the financial, you know, the bottom line, you know, we were making 50, 60 grand net in our pocket. Our sales were 120, 130 thousand dollars on that acre and a half. Uh, we would we would travel every winter. We would put money aside. It was just like the metrics were good. We had a quality of life. We were having fun. And for me, it was obvious that because we were doing it differently, we didn't have tractors. You know, we didn't have a lot of expenditures. Uh, and and that's why and how I decided to write the market garden. It's just like, I just thought young people that want to start a farm, this is how they should do it. And still today, you know, I, I still believe that. And I think there's now tens of thousands of people that have, have done it successfully. So somehow, you know, this, I was, I was quite right about that. That's incredible. And uh, that must feel very, very good. Um, <laughs> I know as a dad, <laughs> we, we feel this incredible responsibility to, to get things right when we're starting our family, when we're starting our businesses, because there's so much pressure with having our children. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. oh, I'm just, uh, I'm really, really proud of you and, and the work you've done. It's incredible. Well, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And I appreciate it. However, 
I've succeeded in being a successful farmer. And then I wrote the book that was a success. And, and my boy that's 17, he's, he's just down the stairs now. He's doing his things too. But I can't say that I was an amazing dad because I was really, really, I was working 80, 90 hours a week. And I was just, it was really folk. Writing a book for me was a big, big thing, you know, just to focus and to really capture everything and to, and to get into that headspace. And then touring for almost three years to promote it. And so that why we were talking about uh, balance earlier, you and I, and, you know, for many, many years, there wasn't balance in my life. There was some things that were working really well and other things that, that were neglected, just like an elite uh, sport uh, player, you know, it's, they're focused on their craft, but there's a lot of things that my help also, it wasn't, you know, I, I was drinking a lot of coffee mm. and I, thank God I wasn't doing any hard drugs. <laughs> yeah. I was a so, musician and go. I did all That's the that. reality. Yeah. And I was a touring yeah. musician. So I definitely resonate with that. The Oof. reason when you met me yeah. that I had my eight-year-old son with me at Permaculture Voices was because I came yeah. from the, the music touring and drinking world. And I, I couldn't risk that. <laughs> so for me, I have that yeah. balance. Um, I made that decision because I almost died like 20 years ago. Um, but mm, yeah, it's, I think there's times and seasons and there's lessons that we learn. And um, if we can recognize it, uh, there's always, a, a, almost always, I should say, an opportunity uh, for change and for good things still to happen. Yeah. And, and that, this tread that we're, that we're on, uh, you and I now, it's like, for me, a big part of the motivations why I develop content and, uh, you know, educational material to, to, to teach and to pass on what I've, I know works is to help people struggle less. You know, farming is hard work. It's always going to be hard work. But if you apply the right methodology straight up, you're not going to waste so much time figuring it out or just doing things that are not optimal. And so a big part of my work in the last six, seven years has been just like figuring out exactly how to do things, you know, in, in a better way or in a, in a proper methodology way, and then just passing it down. And because it doesn't need to be a struggle uh, for me, I had the Elliot Coleman book. That was pretty much it. There was nothing else. When I started, there wasn't internet. There wasn't what's available now. There wasn't a Curtis Stone that's doing, you know, funny videos about how to do salad greens. There's, there's nothing. And uh, so that's been a really big motivation for me to just kind of pass it down, pass it down. These things works. And uh, just to lessen the, the strength, the, the, you know, the hardship of doing this work. It doesn't need to be that way, you know? But that's how I did it. That's epic. And so to speak to that, are there any like early setbacks or, or missteps or just things that happened that were outside your control uh, as you were starting out that you had to overcome? Uh, for me, the biggest barrier for sure was we were trying to rally, you know, uh, governmental agencies around what we were doing to have grant money, to have 
you know, loans to have access to. There's a lot of privileges that that farmers have in Quebec, especially uh, emerging farmers. We're really well um, suited that way. But when I would I would say that we're farming in an acre and a half without a tractor, just it wasn't serious. And so that was there's a lot of hurdles that I had to overcome to have access to you know a young farmer starting grant which was thirty thousand dollars which makes a big 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 difference and so and then there's land regulations that don't allow it's crazy here but land regulations here don't allow uh parcels that are under you know five acres just because they don't want uh pieces of farmland to be divided into mm. into households and lots and so that i had to you know go through that and so that was my biggest hurdle and then just like any young person starting in farming you know you you do 40 crops you miss 10 of them for sure and you just kind of you're learning the craft of farming while you're developing the business seeing you know learning how to develop websites learning how to do accounting just um, i think one of the other the big mistake that we made early on and that a lot of people are making today is we were underfinanced. You know, we were we were taking the money from our cash flow to reinvest every year, and we should have had just a loan over ten years and just get the proper setup earlier, and not have to struggle every year with you know five thousand, twenty thousand that we're always you know putting back. We just we should have just paid a loan. And um, yeah, but that's that's learning. Does that make sense? What I just try to explain? I'm totally hyper interested in what that last statement was, and I didn't understand it. Um, can you rephrase it? So it yeah. So like you, you're starting your farm, okay? You're in year two, okay? Okay. You you know where you want to be in year five because it's three three years down the road. Mm -hmm. You know you need greenhouses. You need you know you need a washing station. You know you need a Jang cedar. You 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 kind of know what you need, but you don't have the cash to buy it. And because you don't have the cash to buy it, you farm without these things that are really make your life better or make your farm pr more productive. And 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 so instead of kind of going like that, you just borrow. You borrow eighty thousand dollars at three percent, four percent, five percent, six percent, whatever, and then instead of paying five or six thousand dollars of your cash flow every year, you pay five, six thousand dollars of interest loan and payback, but you have eighty thousand dollar the first year, not five or six thousand dollars. That makes sense. Yeah, I completely so you're agree with that. You're you're borrowing money over long, and 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 a lot of young people don't don't like that because they think they don't want to be in debt. But if you want to be in business, and, and you you need to invest, and not just your time, you need to invest also some money. And and unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, banks because there's good banks out there, of that should be their role. And and that's how I see that we made a lot of. Our first year, we were really struggling with by trying trying to do a lot with not a lot, and it was when we started to invest. 
just like the farming just got more efficient and just like production skyrocketed and with the same amount of effort we were producing twice as more yeah do you think it's like a gear, level of commitment better... too because it's a it's a big commitment when you when you decide to make that decision it's like a, a shift right uh, yes and no it is a commitment but man if you're 28 and it doesn't work out and you file for bankruptcy whatever it's so what doesn't matter you know it's just like go all in or you know just don't do it i think yoda said that to luke it's like just there's no try you just commit you know drop the ramp it's just like there's no half ass here it's like i'd rather see people like borrow a hundred grand and fail than people trying to trying to squeal it every year and just in the end they're burned and they're not it's not happening you know that's yeah yeah that's perhaps an, an older me now talking like that but i certainly didn't see it like that when i was 25 but now i, I see that that's just like a an easier path wow that's really powerful i mean for me and my own my own my own story it's like i did those kickstarters and without those kickstarters you know to get me started on each project none of these things would be here amazing mm -hmm. yeah yeah were there any early on successes that motivated you and kind of like let you know like that i'm doing the right things mm. uh yes many and um i think i it's kind of that's a i've always felt that we were kind of lifted in a way and uh I think that comes back to when when we were starting and we were so open and we we were really we had a strong heart for change and what we wanted to see happen and faith in 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 us being servant of goodwill and man I just feel that we were just kind of taken up and there's a lot of things that were just kind of happening and you know the right people showed up the right circumstances were there we made a lot of really good decisions without knowing that we could have made really bad ones mm -hmm. and uh, so i don't want to be preachy here but there was there's this force and, and you know for me writing writing the market gardener it's just like the book is now it's like two hundred thousand copies sold and it's like i didn't know that this would happen I just committed to the process of making a really good book and I wanted to have a positive influence on, on young farmers and, and then, you know, so, so anyway, that's kind of my answer to you. And if I was a believer in church, I would say God, you know, all the time, but I, I believe in God, but I, I don't believe in church a lot. So, so I, there is a force out there. I agree. I agree. There is definitely. So, uh, no, thinking about what you had said earlier about how the past six years, 10 years, you've been really refining uh, things. Is there anything that you wish you had known early on that, that you're doing now that's in your new programs and um, that maybe someone has the market gardener, but maybe they want to check out growers and uh, growers and co, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I, it's the... Uh... The kind of like marketing catchy phrase I always say is like, I wish I had like a book like The Market Gardener and, you know, now a masterclass to follow when I started because it would have saved me 
five, six years of learning this for sure. Uh, that's guaranteed. Uh, but, you know, it, it kind of made me uh, learning these things was for me, uh, it kept me focused on my quest of, of becoming a better grower. And I, I really dedicated 10 years of my life to that. I was really focused and there's nothing else in my life than, than just like to be becoming a better farmer, a, a, a better, uh, a better grower. And, uh, you know, looking back, like the mistakes or the things that I would change was like, I think I, I would also put in my action plan to become a better father, to take better care of other things in my life. I was, I was really kind of, but perhaps it, it, that's what it takes to, to, to do what I did. So it's, uh, I, I, it is. I, I would, I, I tend to um, defend that position because at times we need that. We need people to be mm -hmm. the trailblazers. That means they're going into their territory where they're alone. And I, for sure, I've worked 18 hour days for months on end too. <laughs> and um, you yeah. get a little crazy um, and it can be hard on relationships and hard on families, but I always remind myself of like one of like the original telescope creators. This guy had to polish the glass while it was still hot and he would stay up for days and his um, sister would feed him to keep him su sustained as he did all these different things. And it's like no one like in their right mind today would live like that. But it's like, but without oh. that kind of driven trailblazing relentless pursuit of what is right what is needed um we don't get progress and that's i think it's very human i i fall prey to it all the time i my family <laughs> has learned to just kind of like enter and like turn things off and rip things out and like grab me and kidnap me for myself but um but yeah it's it's real and it's it, there is serious value in it well Yes. And, and that's why I was talking to you earlier about uh, balance versus harmony, because mm -hmm. what you're describing, what you went through and I went through and other perhaps are going through now is like, it's a disbalance because, the, you know, there's no balance with your personal life, your work life or whatever, your focus, you know, you really, but if you can create harmony around you, like the person that was uh, watching the telescope lens, Perhaps he organized everything else so that it was all good that he was doing that, you know, and his wife would come and feed him and whatever, but you need to design it so that you can be off balance, but you're not creating chaos. You're still in harmony with how things are. And, and that's where older people, and I don't want to say me, but mentors or people that have gone through that can help you to steer that same drivenness but in a in a in a course that's much more you know less crazy less maniac you know I and agree. i do that a lot with a lot of the people that i train it's like the the amount of push the amount of of energy that you need to put when you're starting a farm and starting a family is just like it's a lot but there's ways where you can put just this amount of energy without being totally, you know, off, off on so many other levels.
it's just about harmony mm. and um yeah that's that's you know we live in a world matt where unfortunately or however that's how it is you know there, there's not that many there's role models out there but they're usually not so personal anymore they're the role models that we see elsewhere but to have somebody that's with you in these processes that are that have been through them and that that are, are kind of like with you along and then they're teaching you stuff sometimes um that's that's a really important part of of life and um i'm i'm fully that now to so many others and and i like that role and i think it's an important one and um yeah so that's incredible there's, there's, that's yeah. really really valuable i think that there's there's uh, such a need for that in so many different fields right now that kind of mentorship mm -hmm. towards these regenerative paths so so speaking of which um why why initially was the uh well you mentioned it a little bit and, and you don't have to share if it's too personal but the organic regenerative permaculture side of things what initially attracted you to that um, and why was it so important to you? For me, it was it was health too. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it wasn't health. It oh. was uh, <laughs> it was design. No, it's 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 funny because I I would go to uh, permaculture voices and you were there and you know it, for me I've always been super attracted to design and permaculture was kind of what was what i really liked and you know permaculture you know this for for many people it's such a different thing and we get different thing out of it but for me the design aspect and seeing these uh, layouts of how things should be organized and when i read um uh, what's his name the first uh, the guy from australia the, the founder of permaculture um Bill Mollison, like when I was reading Bill Mollison, what was really catching my interest was when he was talking about zones and why zone one is the most visited. You place it, you know, in the middle. And then you, as you're expanding your operations, the less visited zones are elsewhere and further. For me, that was just like, that's what I was wanting to get more out of. And uh, it translated a lot into the new farm project that I started in 2015. Um, if people want to look it up, Ferme Quatre Temps, so FQT Farm. There's, it's like it's a market garden, but it's surrounded by an ecosystem that was designed, and it's just like it's amazing. And uh, you know, creating a space for uh, nature, for ecology in the market garden or around it uh was something that i was really really you know interested in um and still today i think design is how we're going to fix things and i really believe that because we've broken so many things it's up to us to fix it now and smart designs and um you know that's that for me is what permaculture was was really was it different for you yeah you know for me it was solutions it allowed me to be non-political <laughs> and give mm. like real answers to kids in a high school setting um but but you know it's interesting when you talk about quatre temps um uh found quatre temps um i interviewed jonathan 
um, four years ago on it. Uh, right when 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 it Amazing. was beginning and he he was he was yeah. starting on that so um how how is it going uh, what's what's like the status update um i'm super curious uh <clears throat> jonathan was working with with a group of of permaculture designers we 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 designed the farm together so it's a you know it's a 10 acre market garden uh, uh we train i train 10 uh, farmers uh, that come for a two-year program uh, every year. So there's a, there's five that come in, five that come out, uh, and you know the it's it's the market garden. So we farm with hand tools, BCS, all, everything that we had we were doing at my farm, but we've we've kind of scaled it out because we wanted to train more people and we wanted to have them live an experience of high pressure farming. It's like there's a lot of volumes there. We we generate seven hundred thousand dollars of produce per year on that piece of land. And in a week that's thirty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars of veggies. And there's ten of us and we have no tractor and it's just so it's it's heavily optimized. But so we we drew it from from scratch. Uh, but Jonathan, the friends, they, they don't talk to me anymore because they say, JM, it's fun when we do things with you, but it's like, it's like a, it's like a car that doesn't have any brakes. It's just like, it's, we were really kind of, we were working a lot and we were designing a lot of cool stuff, working with hedgerows and designing that and just like creating ecological niches everywhere and just it it was for them i think they're still tired of this two year because the story is it, this farm is funded by a very wealthy uh, billionaire and he said to me jm it's like i want you to do this farm and i i want to be partner with you with a farm school but I just want you to make sure that you create the best farm in the world. And here, here's the, here's the check blank check. Just do it. So it's like, okay. <laughs> and so when you want to do something epic, you really need to dig down and, and research and just be, be crazy in a way. And so we're not in bad terms, but they took a break from, from this uh this high energy i can have wow so that really begs the question because you've seen this sort of um exponential growth this ramping up this no breaks farm um maybe maybe this translates to no breaks nature and <laughs> and healing and regeneration do you do you have uh an optimistic view of what's possible through regenerative means Yes, um, yes, and um, yes, I have. I do think it's it's not any it's not a sure win though. Like I think there's 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 a big probability that you know we're all gonna die. Uh, I think that's very likely. Um, but if there is one way out, is 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 through reimagining how things are done, things are built things are and i think i really think that small scale farming on a daily basis people doing it people buying their food from small farms and this whole relationship that we started this conversation with i think this this is what 
this is how things should be geared towards uh, human scale everything um, perhaps not cars but human scale interactions community services uh, governments farming and just more of better not bigger um, but it's not a it's not a for sure win there there might be some you know i don't know if if the uh if the temperatures keep rising and the snow caps melt you know perhaps we'll figure out a solution to that but perhaps not so but i am optimistic however does that work yeah yeah and i say works. these things in such ways and it's okay it's okay <laughs> I didn't want to like jump in with my opinions. I wanted your your opinions to be. No, no, but you you can go ahead. I I'd like to hear yours. How do you feel about that? Well, I think that because seventy percent of the Earth is water, because aquatic plants have ten times the sequestration um, ability, and because it's literally a pH difference that is preventing these things from happening and taking off. If we got aggressive, we could fix things very quickly. Um, the last ice age was caused by a Zola, a little tiny plant that created a freshwater lens that extended out over the ocean. And then when that freshwater lens popped, the die off of all that carbon sinking down to an inaccessible layer of the ocean took all that carbon out of the carbon cycle and caused the ice age. So I really think that I never heard that before. And uh, that's interesting that I haven't because I've been, I've, you know, that, that's, I studied that 20 years ago and I've been kind of following, but interesting, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's really wild what we, well, I would say what, what we didn't know um, holistically, connectively, because there's, there's so much research that I get introduced from like Olivier Cousin in France. He'll show me something from 1918 with, with redox. And it's so obscure, but it mentions something in such a way that implies like everything what we're seeing now. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I really feel like we're discovering and rediscovering a lot through, through new testing now. Mm. So I have, um, I have great Touching hope. base on just that, like a lot of the answers are in the past. They're not in the future. And uh, that's something that we, so many people don't even to think about, but like there, there is people like you and I, or like whoever else that were thinking about these things or other things quite heavily hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. And they come up with, they came up with things and uh, like market gardening, everything that I do and that I do well, when I read the old French book, man, it's not so different than what I'm doing for real. And yeah. these guys knew how to pull it off and they didn't have quite the instruments and some of the technologies that we have, like technologies being like plastic, which makes a big difference. But man, it's like, and, you know, they saw industrialization coming and they saw chemical farming coming and they were advising against that and then they just kind of got washed off and but you know 
revisiting the past is somehow the best way to figure out the future. Have you read the book Dirt by David Montgomery, the professor at um, Washington State University? Uh, no. It talks about it quotes a bell. throughout time, different people talking about soil and agriculture, and it follows a thread. It's called Dirt, Erosion of Civilizations. And it follows a thread of history that I wasn't taught even as a, you know, someone who was an English teacher and then was a history teacher. And uh, George Washington was focused on contour plowing to try to stop erosion. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? <laughs> he, he was on to, yes. to what yeomans eventually um, articulated. So I completely feel that, that we are all looking at the, a very similar, a very human, a very old predilection that we have. So, man, this, this, this analogy is so like, there's a lot of, let's say people my age, I'm 42. They're like, they see young people drinking Red Bulls and these drinks and they're, and you're like, dude, man, this is the wrong path because you're going to burn out really fast, man. If you drink that for five or six years, you're dead. And that's exactly what happened. Like these, you had these farmers that knew how to conserve soil over many generations, but then you had people come in and they had a quick, they had a quick win solution. And mm. they were banking on the fact that some people didn't have insights to think down, down the road, what that implied. They were just going for fast results. And I bet you that these people were quite aware that they were tricking, they were tricksters and they were tricking these poor people into, and that changed the whole course of everything. Yeah. So anyway, mm. you know, you're better off with water, man. <laughs> natural things. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice do you have for anyone that wants to start out with market gardening? So, Without saying read the market gardener or anything like that. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, I think uh, I think you should read the market gardener for sure. And it's a, it's a primer and it's a good one. And nothing in there is out of, out of date. Um, then I would say, you know, I think it's important to 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 learn how to farm. Uh, it doesn't need to be on a small a micro farm. It could be on a bigger vegetable operation but just learn how to manipulate things and to move in the fields and to learn work long days and just how to be a good farm worker that's important and then quickly start your own thing to learn how to be a farm operator and manager how to manage moving parts and do a proper crop planning and just kind of deal with you know all the uncertainty and all the complexity that's going on this this can only be learned by doing and so two three years of training somehow and then starting your own starting small do it incrementally and and having a good mentor or having a good guideline like that's the thing man there's you don't see that many people would just improvise themselves as chef in a high-end restaurants 
you know, these people that are chefs in high-end restaurants, they trained with at other people's restaurants, probably more than one. And what's the beauty of our movement is that there's a lot of gung-ho people that just start market gardening or farming, which is great because that's what we need. But I can tell you, if you know what you're doing, <laughs> it can go much faster and much smoother and much better. So it's like finding the right information. It's not true that there's a hundred ways to plant carrots. There's a few ways and there's definitely a lot of wrong ways and there's better ways. And that's where mentorship and, and know-how becomes important. And um, th yeah, that's my advice. You need to know what you're doing. Absolutely. So where can we learn more from mm -hmm. you? Uh, the website, themarketgardener.com. I think there's a lot of info there. I, I'm not big on uh, YouTube because it's just like answering to everyone that has a million questions all over the world. It's just, it's just, it's not possible. And so the masterclass is all the infos there. And then you, I talked to you about Growers and Co. The magazine, it's a biannual. It's really cool. People can check it out, growers.co. And uh, we're building it and we need people if they want to join in what we're doing there, that's, that'd be super cool. Yeah. So these are the two websites. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this year and for all the things you're doing. I, I, I dream of visiting Quatre Temps Farm. I dream of that. I'm so excited to see it. Anytime and bring a copy of your book. Okay. I will. Okay. And right. uh, everyone out there, be safe, be well, be happy. And uh, I'd like to do this again with you. That'd be very cool. Absolutely. I was happy that we connected. Very happy. Thank you so much. All right. Parmon, guys. <laughs> oh, man. That was awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this talk and you liked all these talks, these are all focused around regenerative entrepreneurship, but this year at Our Future, we're focused on the most positive and hopeful visions for the future. So showing people what's possible with regenerative solutions, regenerative science, permaculture, ethical design, ecosystemic restoration and rewilding. These are the experts that are really doing it. These are the people who have been working on this for decades. And these are people who are just starting now and finding huge amounts of success. So come learn with us. Come hang out. It's free. It's seven days. And there's over 45 speakers currently confirmed. We've got amazing sponsors. It's We're going to have incredible goodie bags. There's lots of different options. But just hop in. It's free. There's a social network. The link is below. r-future.world. Just enter it in above and you'll be taken there. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. I'll see you soon.